Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Daily Drives. I'm your host, Jason Cremines, as always, driving around town, delivering some interesting uh, words of wisdom, or <laughs> maybe lack of wisdom. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Thank you guys so much, man. I'm I'm seeing more listeners um, each and every podcast that I, I put out there. I, I see more listeners on each and every one. So, man, I really, obviously, you guys are doing what I ask, and, and you're sharing my podcast, and you're telling friends about it, and you're asking people to check it out. So, obviously, it's working, right? So, we're going to talk about some things that I think can help just about anybody out there, uh, some things that can help people who are looking to, you know, start a business, things like that, um, but also just, you know, in general, some some episodes are going to be very valuable for uh, one set of people, one group of people, maybe entrepreneurs, things like that, and then if that's not you, there are other things that I'm going to be talking about that you can absolutely use the things that I'm telling you in your daily life. For example, today, today's topic it's all about communication, and when I say communication, what I'm talking about is interpersonal communication, meaning, in other words, talking to people face-to-face. Ooh, there's a scary concept, right? Face-to-face communication. In this day and age, man, this is 2018. People still talk face-to-face? Yes, it does happen, I promise you. If you're in your 20s and you're listening to this, I want you to really, really, really hone in on what I'm saying right now because this particular episode will benefit you more than anybody else. And the reason why I say that is because kids, I'm sorry, young adults who have grown up with the internet and social media in their face at all times throughout their entire childhood, their entire lives, you guys, a lot of people your age, and I'm talking 30 and below, 25 and below, at least, right? 25 and below. If you're 25 and under, listen to this. This is very important for you. So most people 25 and under have absolutely no idea how to have a genuine conversation with somebody. No idea, man. They have no idea where to start, and they have no idea how to get any information out of a, a general conversation. They, they have no idea how to talk to people. In fact, I would even say that there are lots of times that people that are younger will avoid conversations just because they would rather wait and get home and text you instead. Because the text message gives us an opportunity to really think about what it is that we want to say. And it takes out some of the things that are just a genuine, are just a part of communication, which is things like voice inflection, body language, things of that nature. So if you can be, if you're under 25 and you're really, really good at this, you have an advantage over all of the other people, 99% of the other people your age group that are fighting for a job or that are trying to, to get that client, maybe you're running a business or whatever. You have a huge, huge advantage over these folks, okay? Because most people have completely lost the art of communication. Whereas for guys like me, I had no choice but to learn how to communicate really, really well and very effectively communicate with people because I had to deal with people on a face-to-face basis every single day. So it makes it very difficult. You can't hide behind the Internet. You can't hide behind your keyboard. We're going to talk about that more in just a few minutes.
I'm back. Okay, so you can't hide behind a keyboard and talk to somebody face-to-face. It doesn't work that way, right? So let's talk about, let's break communication down. Let's talk about the different kinds of communication that we have available to us today. Now, obviously, the most popular, you know, like text messages, electronic communications, right? Text messages, emails, those are really, really common. Um, Obviously, direct messages on social media, those kinds of things. That's probably, I would say, in a nutshell, about 60% of our communication today. Um, And the reason I say that it's that, the reason I give you that number is because right now I'm looking for a house 1,100 miles away. So I'm trying to move to a different state. I'm trying to move to Florida. I live in Ohio. So again, it's 1,100 miles one one way um, to where I want to go to which isn't that big a deal unless you're trying to rent a house. Trying to rent a house, there's zillions of rentals. Of those, 75 or 80% of them are scams. We'll get into that in a minute. And then the rest of them are legitimate people looking to rent their house or um, a legitimate company that takes care of a rental property for someone or it's a management company or it's a realtor or some kind of company like that. Um, and they, they get tons and tons and tons of applications for these houses. So they don't really need my application. They don't need my business, even though my business might be more valuable than any other business that they're looking at right now. They don't need my business because they have plenty of people to put in applications and all of them charge application fees and things like that so a whole nother part of the ripoff that we'll talk about down the road but for now I want to talk about the communication part so if I I have every app known to man I have Zillow I have uh, Trulia Hotpads Realtor.com Rentals.com whatever I have them all right because I've been looking for a place to live now for the last two years I feel like um, so I have all these different applications, and when I see a house that I like, I, I hit the contact property manager or owner or whatever button on whatever app I'm on. I send the email uh, with my name and my phone number, my email address, the fact that I'm interested in things like that, right? What do I always get back every time I send one of these? I get back every single time an automated message, an automatic response to whatever, you know, to an inquiry on their property. And that response is, someone will get back with you soon. If you need to look at more of our places, go to this website. And it's usually right back to where I was to begin with. So it sends me in a circle. Um, and then the next question that they, they might ask, um, are you, have you already seen the place? Well, no, obviously I haven't. So I'll get messages, and they're usually emails from these property owners, management companies, whatever, um, that's responding to my inquiry, and they're not giving me any more information than I already had. So they're not really doing me any favors, right, with, with sending me this email or whatever. Um, so then let's say I really like the house, and this has happened a few times. I really like the house, and I want to talk to somebody about it right away, okay? I have a question, you know, do you accept pets? Um, is the yard fenced in? Um, you know, whatever. I have questions that they didn't answer in the ad, so I want to talk to them face-to-face, or, or at least I want to talk to them over the phone so I can ask these questions, right? Instead of sending a text message, 
getting a response, sending another text message, getting a response, because if I do it that way, this is what happens. I send a text message. It has five questions in the text, right? Is it still available? Do you accept pets? Do you accept more than one because I have two dogs? Um, what are all the moving costs? Is it first, last in security or just first in security? That kind of thing, whatever. Um, and does it have a garage or, you know, whatever. So let's say those are the five questions. I'll get back. The house is still available. When would you like to see it? You didn't answer any of my questions. You answered one of the five questions. You answered literally 20 fucking percent of the questions I asked you, you answered in a, in a, in a very un, impersonal response through text message. If someone has five questions for me, and they're a client of mine or a prospective client, I'm going to call them and say, hey, see, you have quite a few questions. Let's go over these. Let's talk about your questions. Right? Because... I'm going to answer those, and there may be other questions that come up right after. So I pick up the phone. These, these people do not. They do not pick up the phone at all. I call. I leave a voicemail. I get back a text message. All right, I call because I'm really interested in the house. I have a lot of questions about it. I don't want to just send a blanket text message. I want someone to talk to. So I'll call them. Every single time I get a voicemail. Every time. Not most of the time. Not 97% of the time. I'm saying every single time I make that phone call to try to reach out to this property owner, I get their voicemail. Okay, they're probably busy, Jason. You know what? You're right. They probably are. They have tons and tons of applications. Other people are probably calling them. Maybe they're on the phone with somebody now, whatever. When do they ever call back? I'll bet you if I leave 10 messages on 10 different phone numbers, one of those might call me back. The rest of them are either emailing me or sending me a text message. Or it's an automated response from some, you know, automated tool that they're using to respond to their emails and text messages. Very impersonal. Nobody gives a shit about who you are. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to know. You know, back the first apartment I ever rented, the guy wanted to know everything about me. He wanted to, we, we met, we talked. He wanted to know where I work, of course, and how much money I made. Obviously, he wanted to make sure that I qualified to rent the place financially and things like that. He wanted to see if I, you know, had a million different jobs in the last year, if I just had one, you know, in my stability. Am I a stable person? Didn't pull my credit. Didn't ask me for a bunch of ridiculous fees up front. That's how it used to go down. You called somebody, they'd... They'd meet you at the house. They'd show you around. Not anymore, man. They don't talk to you at all. They'll send you a text message. They don't care. And it doesn't matter because there's 75,000 other people that want the same place as you. So if they have somebody that's willing to communicate via email and just do everything online and not even bother, you know, talking to somebody, then they'll, they'll just rent to that person. They don't need me. So what? This guy wants to talk to me. Here's 75 other people that don't want to talk to me. I'll deal with them. F the one guy that wants to talk to me. And that's how it goes down. Now, I don't know how old these folks are that are, that are doing it this way, but I think that that's just the way we've become as a society anyway. It's just we've, we've really gotten away from just communicating with people, just talking to people. We think now that a text message is cool. That's the way to talk to people. Shoot them a text, an email, whatever. That's how you communicate anymore. 
Well, it sucks, man. It sucks, especially when you're in my case, because I'm trying to rent from 1,100 miles away. And I've already been scammed out of like $300 because I'll put in an application fee, you know, and I've, of course, every adult has to have an application fee. So even though my wife isn't necessarily financially responsible for the rent because she's working part-time doing her thing on the side or whatever, we're not even calculating her income. Still, they want an application from her as well. All right, fine. And we each have to pay that application fee of $75. So it's $150 just to tell you that I'm interested in the place and fill out a piece of paper so you can go run my, my criminal background check, uh, which comes up clean, and my credit history, which is not great, but getting better. Right? So, sorry, I'm taking my drink of my coffee. Yeah, I'm still drinking coffee. So, I, I call people, I leave messages, they don't care, they send me a text or an email. Right? Occasionally, they'll, 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 you know, I would love it if just one person would just pick up the phone and say, hey, listen, um, the house is available, what questions do you have for me? That would be awesome. Nobody's doing that, just so you know. All right, so, electronic communication is one form. What's the next form of communication? Obviously, um, verbal and written. So let's go with verbal because written we kind of went over. Most of our written communication is text message or email. We don't send letters anymore. That never happens. A memo maybe if you're working inside of an organization and you've got to get something to a, a large department or something like that, you might send a memo as opposed to an email. Um, other than that, that's it. I mean, that's your electric, I mean, that's your uh, written form of communication. So now you have verbal, right? What is involved in verbal communication? Obviously words. An extensive vocabulary is nice to have, but you don't need it. You don't have to have an extensive vocabulary to be able to communicate verbally with somebody. But you do have to have, there is a skill. It is a skill. Like, it's not, it's not something that you can just do, even though it should be. You've got to learn how to do it nowadays. So verbal communication. The words that are coming out of my mouth, that's one thing. Next is the inflection that I use in those words. Let me give you an example. And I use Zig Ziglar uh, in this particular example because Zig Ziglar was a sales guy that was like a door-to-door salesman. Really, 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 really successful. Left doing that to become a insurance sales or something, I don't know, he sold just about everything that there is to sell, like door-to-door, and um, he's a super, like, 1950s mentality as far as selling things are concerned, but he has some really cool things to say when it comes to communication, and voice inflection is the thing that I take from him. He has this sentence that he uses, it's called, it's, it's like this, this is a sentence, think about this, I did not say he stole the money. So there are eight words in that sentence, right? I did not say he stole the money. Now, what does that sentence say to you? Well, it says he didn't say he stole the money, right? But what if I was to change my voice inflection based upon what I'm really trying to communicate? For example, I did not say he stole the money. That wasn't me that said that. Jennifer said that. I didn't say that at all. That wasn't me. What about this? I did not 
say he stole the money. No, I didn't. You're wrong. You're lying. I didn't do that. How about this? I did not say he stole the money. I didn't say he stole the money. I merely implied that he stole the money. Those words never came out of my mouth. Right? I didn't say, I did not say he stole the money. She stole the money. Right? Completely different. I did not say he stole the money. He merely borrowed the money. He was going to give it right back. I did not say he stole the money. He stole this other money over here. But this money, no. He didn't fuck with that money. It was this money over here that he stole. I did not say he stole the money. It was the paper clips that he stole. He didn't steal the money. It was the paper clips. So, even though there are only eight words in that sentence, I was able to use that several different ways and communicate completely different things to you, right? Just using one technique, and that is the change in voice inflection. That's the only thing that I did to change the meaning of that sentence several different times. One sentence interpreted several different ways simply based upon one technique, and that is the inflection of my voice, changing the accent on whatever word or words I need to change it on in order to express what it is that I'm really trying to communicate, okay? That's very, very important. When I'm talking to customers and there's a spot that I want them to really pay attention to, I will literally slow down on those words. Did you catch that? I literally slow down and I drag the word out so that they know that particular word is of the utmost importance in this sentence. All the other words that I used are merely accenting this particular word or series of words or phrase. Let me give you an example. I just had a customer who has squirrels in their attic. Okay? It's really not that big a deal. It happens all the time. That's the kind of thing that happens all the time. People get squirrels in their attic. It's very easy to, to, to happen. It, it's not that big a deal, right? But I need him to spend $1,300 with me in order for me to be able to fix this problem, right? Now, I should tell you that when I took the call, this is a customer that has, I've already done business with in the past. They bought uh, an attic insulation service from me, and they spent thousands of dollars on this service, okay? So I've already got a little bit of rapport. I already know a little bit about the customer. I know that the missus um, works all day, and she's up early. She's home by like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so she's at work at like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. So she gets up kind of early, and she's off, you know, doing her own thing, doing her day, right? Um. So, with that being said, she wants to go to bed at night, you know, 8, 9 o'clock, whatever, so she can get a good night's sleep before work. Makes sense. So, the mister calls me, and he tells me that 
the missus is being kept up all night by some scratching and things going on around the attic area where we recently did some work. So, they want to know, is there something that we can do to solve this problem? Well, sure there is. So, I get in, I do my inspection, the whole nine yards and whatnot, and I see that they've got some holes and some areas that need to be sealed up in order to keep these rodents out. We can trap the rodents, get them gone. It's like 1300 bucks and some change or whatever. So, when I'm explaining to the customer, we'll call him Mr. Customer, when I'm explaining to Mr. Customer that there are holes that need to be sealed, he's probably thinking in the back of his mind, well, why can't I just do that myself? So when I get to the spot where it's now our problem, once you sign on the dotted line, I'm slowing down right there. So this is how I said this. Mr. Customer, once my team comes out here and seals up the holes that are allowing these squirrels to get in, then Mrs. Customer is going to be able to sleep at night instead of continuously getting woken up by the squirrels. My voice inflection changed right there. Mrs. Customer will be able to go back to sleep at night. That's all it takes. Slow down. I accented that part. How soon would you like for me to get these guys out here to get this work started for you? What's the earliest appointment you've got? Let me call the shop. I'll find out. How's tomorrow at 10, 10 o'clock sound? Sounds good. So there you go. Bang. $1,300 sale done just like that because I listened, I paid attention, and I slowed down my voice inflection. I allowed him to literally hear the fact that Mrs. Customer will no longer have to be up late at night. That's all he really cared about. It's not the squirrels, not the noise, not the money, not the service. He wants his wife to be able to sleep at night so that she can have a good night's sleep and go to work the next day like she wants to. That's all it is. So right there, that's what I accented. That's the part that I hit home with, and they purchased the service. It was no big deal. In and out, bing, bang, bong, just like that. Voice inflection. You can use this every, in every single aspect of your life you can use this. I use it during my speaking. Clearly, I, I pause for a moment to give you, give you a chance to, to catch up with what I just said, give your, your brain a chance to register everything that I just said. Sometimes I drink too much coffee, I get a little bit excited, and my, my words come out faster than someone can hear them. So I recognize that, and I immediately slow myself down. Did you hear the difference in my voice? Do you hear how one minute I'm talking really fast, I've got everything i got to say, and it's coming out one word right after the other, and then I slow everything down to almost a snail's pace so that you can pick up what is really important. Voice inflection, point number one. Uh, tone of voice. Now, tone of voice is very important. You never, you've, I know you've heard the phrase, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? When you were a kid, you got in trouble because you said something in a way that was snotty, and you didn't realize it. 
You just thought you were saying it, right? I would invite you to do this. If you hear people, if people, when you talk to people, if they look at you like you just bit their fucking head off and you didn't even, you weren't even trying to be mean or anything, but they're looking at you like, why are you being so mean? Why you got to come at me like that? I would invite you to do this. Listen to yourself. You can't hear yourself. Best thing for you to do is record yourself. Get a little recorder. Record yourself talking all day long. Make a note of it when people look at you like, why are you being so mean? Or look at you like, why are you talking to me that way? Or if somebody legit like asks you, What's, are you okay? If people are constantly asking you if you're alright when you're talking to them, there's probably a tone of voice problem there. You might not even realize it's a problem. Record yourself. Listen to yourself talk. And when you hear yourself talk, you'll be able to distinguish where the problem is. You'll, you'll figure it out right then. Right then and there, you'll figure it out. Sometimes my wife will say something to me. And I'll say, okay, all right, sorry. And she's looking at me like, what do you, what do you mean sorry? What, what's, what's wrong? Well, just the way you said it, I, you sounded like you were mad or aggravated or, or disturbed or pissed off or whatever. And she'll be like, no, 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 everything's fine. I don't know why you feel that way. It's because of her tone of voice. It came across as harsh, right? So if you're having that problem, listen to yourself talk, right? There's a big difference between, you know, like, for example, let me give you, let me, let me hear, here's a tone of voice that we can all recognize. Like somebody says to you, hey, how you doing today? I'm fine. How did that sound? Or how about this? Oh, I'm fine. You hear the difference there? I'm fine. This guy sounds like Eeyore. No, you're not fine, dude. Something's wrong. Are you okay? Like, you seriously sound like you're really depressed or upset. Oh, no, I'm just sleepy. Okay, whatever. Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, good. This guy sounds like he's in a good mood. Let's talk. You hear the difference in the in the tone of voice there? How's this one for you? You call up customer service. Let's say it's AT&T or Verizon or something. Hi, this is AT&T uh, or Verizon or whatever, and I'm here to provide you with outstanding service today. How may I help you? <laughs> Dude, you've gotten that call, or you've taken that. You've, you've done that before. You've heard that before. Tell me you haven't, right? And you're like, oh, my God, this guy hates his job, right? Or girl hates her job. Or you get this you get this when you call, right? Thank you for calling AT&T Customer Service. This is Jim. Be happy to help you with providing you outstanding service today. How may I help you? Okay, that guy's probably had a little bit too much coffee. He kind of sounds a little bit more like me. But at least when you call that and you hear that on the other end of the phone, it's not one of those situations where you're like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be an asshole to deal with. Right? The guy sounds like he's just in a good mood. That's cool. I like dealing with people in a good mood. I don't want to be, if I'm pissed off, I want you to be in a good mood so I can make you feel pissed off like me and vice versa. If you're pissed off and I'm in a good mood, I'm going to make you into a good, you're going to have a good mood by the time we're done talking. That's just all there is to it. My goal is now to provide you with an outstanding mood. Probably a terrible goal for me to have, but it's a, it's a common goal of mine. So the tone of voice makes a big difference in how people feel like you, like like how people perceive you. People will think that you're 
awesome or that you suck just based on your tone of voice alone. So if you want to talk to somebody and you want to get through to them and you want them to believe that you are the person that they want to talk to, then you should probably think about the tone of your voice. So we have your voice inflection and the tone of your voice, right? We don't want to sound like we're pissed off. And when we're talking, we want to make sure that we use our voice inflection to accentuate the things that we feel are important in the conversation. And we also want to make sure that our voice inflection reflects the things that are not important as well. For example, when I tell somebody that something's not a big deal, I say things like, oh, that is no big deal. Well, that is not a problem. Seriously, don't worry about that. See how I slowed down into that spot? I changed my voice inflection. I accented what I wanted them to know, that it's not a problem. Right? Okay, so voice inflection and your tone of voice. Very, very important. What else is important in communication, especially face-to-face? Body language. So, body language, there's a lot of things that go into body language. If you're standing, uh, you're standing up, you're sitting down, if your arms are crossed or your hands are in your pockets or they're behind your back or if you're looking around a lot or you're tapping your foot, all of those things are body language. So, you know, that's, that's a sign as to whether or not you're paying attention. Your body language provides people with more information than your actual words. So the verbal portion of communication is really only about 20% of all your communication. The rest of it is, is voice inflection, tone of voice, body language, that kind of thing, right? So just because you have the right words to say doesn't mean that you're using them correctly and that you're saying them in the right way, okay? And on top of that, if your body language doesn't reflect what you're saying, then you're lying anyway, For example, if I said, hey, I'd love to give you a hug, and I had a big smile on my face, and my arms were open wide, and I was coming your direction, now doesn't that sound like I really do genuinely want to give you a hug, right? What if I said it like this? What if my teeth were clenched, and I had my fists clenched, and I'm standing there, with one foot back, one foot forward, and my, my, my fists are all balled up, and I say, I would love to give you a hug right now. No, no. Now it sounds like I want to give you a high five in the face with a steel chair. That's what it really sounds like, and that's what it looks like I want to do. That's, that's the hug it looks like I want to give to you right now. Right? Not an actual hug. So, the body language is, is a very large portion of communication. When you're talking to somebody face-to-face, let's say you're like me and you talk to customers, okay? Whether you work for a company or it's your own business or, or whatever the case may be. When you're talking to people, one of the things that I've noticed has gone by the wayside that really helps me to believe somebody 
um, and, and to really to sell me on somebody is eye contact. Man, I cannot tell you how many times I've I've wa- I've watched people just when they're talking to me like they're looking away, they're looking somewhere else. They you know they they look over at my eyes for a split second and they look somewhere else, or when they're getting ready to lie, they look off to the side up in the upper right hand corner, or the upper left hand corner, or whatever. Their eyes are never in your direction. Well, that person is completely untrustworthy. They're either telling me a bullshit story, they're lying to me, or they don't believe what they're saying themselves. They're going to get themselves, you know, like they, they really, for example, I hate to use the car dealers because I was a car dealer, and, and they get an unfair amount of crap for what they do. Um, but let's use a car salesman, for example. Let's say that this guy is the 1950s car guy, right? He's got the great big teeth. He uh, he wears the, you know, um, Superman tie everywhere he goes, right? Or the dollar bill tie. That's my favorite, the dollar bill tie, right? So he's doing this and that and whatever. This guy comes, this guy comes up to you. You're looking at a car and, uh, you know, you're asking him questions. So, um, how many, this is a used car. How many owners does it have? Oh, it's been one owner. And, uh, it was grandma that drove it to church and back every day. That's why the mileage is so low, but he's not looking at you the entire time. Right. And then he's like, let me get your keys. Let me get, let's take it for a drive. You know, all he's interested in is getting you to sit down in that car and take it for a ride. Right. That's all he wants to do is get you in the car. He doesn't give a shit what your, what your questions are, your comments, your bitches, your gripes, your, your bursts of wisdom. It doesn't matter doesn't care about any of that. All he's doing is telling you whatever it is that you want to hear so he can get in the car. Now, you know this guy when you meet him. You know it, don't you? How do you know? You can feel it. You know when someone's being dishonest with you. Even though that person's a complete stranger and you've never dealt with them before in your entire life, you know they're being dishonest. How do you know that? You don't know this guy because they're not looking you in the eye. When they shake your hand, did they look at you in the eye? Maybe. Maybe they did just during the handshake and then they immediately looked away. Dishonest, disgenuine. Look people in the eye when you're talking to them. Now, I'm not saying you've got to stare them down the entire time you're having a conversation. If it's a 10-minute talk, and you're staring at their eyeballs for nine and a half minutes of that, you're getting creepy now, okay? So, yeah, you want to look away. You want to look around, look down, and and do your thing. But for the most part, when you're talking to somebody, you maintain eye contact, a regular general eye contact. Not creepy, I'm staring you down because I'm trying to make you fall in love with me kind of eye contact. I mean, genuine, like, just looking them in the eye while you're talking to them. A firm handshake, man. That's the other thing that I think is lost on people. Just a firm, like, look, I'm not trying to break your hand kind of handshake, all right? I met a guy one time. His name is John. <laughs> no, not Smith. But he's a bodybuilder. He's a good-sized dude. And he just had this very, you know, charismatic way about him. But when he goes to shake my hand, I'm like, dude, could you loosen up the fucking grip a little bit? Like, I'm literally half your size. I don't need you to impress me with your strength. I just want you to shake my hand. So don't break somebody's hand, okay? But have a firm handshake. Like you give a shit that you're meeting this person, right? That they mean something to you. Shake the hand. 
nice and firm, look them in the eye. That simple. Those, these are basic forms, you know, basic techniques behind communicating, effective communicating, that I literally see people lost all the time on this kind of thing. That's why I'm talking about it. I think it's important. So next, when you're talking to somebody, you've, you've met them, you've, shaked their, you've, you've shaken their hand, you've looked, you're looking them in the eye. The other thing that you need to do is you need to be leaned in, leaning forward and being involved in that conversation, being engaged in the conversation. So it's not just about the eye contact or the firm handshake, but it's about being involved. And here's one of the things that I hear active listeners do all the time, and it's what I call overactive listening. Yeah, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, okay, yep, uh-huh, okay. You don't have to do that, right? In fact, if you're doing that, I don't feel like you're listening to me. I think that you're actually trying to make it seem like you're listening, but you're not listening, which is why every three seconds I hear, uh-huh, yeah, okay, come out of your mouth. Shut the fuck up. When there's a time for you to agree, then agree. When there's a time for you to disagree, then disagree. But don't fucking, yeah, uh-huh, okay, every three seconds just because you want them to think that you're listening. That's not communicating. That's not actually listening. And by the way, most of communication is listening. Because we have two ears and one mouth. We should use them accordingly. Listen twice as much as you talk. Because when you're listening, you're learning what someone else knows. When you're talking... All you're doing is hearing yourself talk. You're trying to teach somebody else what you know. So wait until the appropriate time to do so. It's that simple. And when I say listen, I don't mean listen in a way that allows you to come up with a response. But listen in a way that allows you to understand what it is that you're being told. Because communication goes both ways. Your customer may not realize how to effectively communicate. It's your job to effectively communicate, not your customer's. So you want to be able to read between their lines. You need to read their body language, their eye contact, their handshake. Your customer is going to do that unintentionally. More often than not, they're not going to realize why they did or did not like you. They're not going to realize why. They're not going to realize that it was the fact that you communicated with them effectively that made them engage in the conversation and that made them buy from you. They're not going to realize that that's what made... They're going to think, I just really like the guy and I like what the... You know, I like the price and I like what they had and, and, and whatever it is. I like the service. I like the products. I like the goods. I like the whatever. So they're going to think that that's all that it really is. But the truth of the matter is what made them buy was the fact that you were effectively communicating with them the entire time. Right? You use the tone of voice. You use your voice inflection. You use the eye contact, the firm handshake. You stood there or sat there at their dinner table or whatever, leaned in, engaged in the conversation, and actually listened to what they had to say. For example, the last customer that I had, as I was telling you before, they bought a service from me for about 1300 bucks. And the reason that they bought this service wasn't because they already bought a service from me before and they knew that they could trust me and everything like that, although that helped. That's what got me out there to begin with, that call. So the reason that they bought from me was because I listened. When Mr. Customer said that Mrs. Customer was having a hard time going to sleep at night because these squirrels were in the attic keeping her up, I didn't say we're going to get rid of the squirrels, did I? No. I said we're going to get rid of the squirrels so Mrs. Customer can get to sleep at night. What did I do there? 
not only did I reassure them that I was going to take care of the problem, but I also reminded them what the problem was, and I showed them that I was listening. The problem's not the squirrels. They love squirrels. Squirrels are great. They're wonderful little creatures. They're cute. They eat nuts. <laughs> right? They're freaking cute little creatures. And we don't even kill squirrels. We trap them and we let them go. Just not on their property because we don't want them to come back in the house. So we trap them, we take them out in the woods, and we let them go. Because they're freaking cool-ass creatures. They're awesome. We don't kill those. So I told Mr. Customer that I was going to get his wife back to sleep at night. That's the real problem. She can't go to sleep. I listened. That's why I got the sale. I listened. I used my tone of voice, my voice inflection, and my excellent listening skills to close the sale because I said in a slower, using a slower voice inflection and a concerned tone in my voice, Mr. Customer, once we get these holes sealed up and the, 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 the squirrels gone, Mrs. Customer will be able to sleep at night again. And that's what you really want, right? Yeah. That's it. So you've got to be a good listener. When you're listening, forget everything else. Don't worry about how you're going to respond. Don't worry about what your next question is going to be. Don't worry about how you're going to answer the question. Listen. Listen. And when I say listen, I mean fucking listen. Don't sit and think, okay, they're saying this because blah, blah, blah. No. Don't think that you already know what they're going to ask when they start to ask the question. I cannot tell you how many salespeople I've trained that do that on a regular basis. They're like, oh, well, they're going to ask me this, so I'm just going to answer right now. And one of the big, the big questions, like the, one of the big things, I'm sorry, that, that I hear all the time is, you know, well, how much is this going to cost me? Duh. Everybody wants to know the price, right? But what are you really asking me in that question? How much is this going to cost me? Do you want to know... How much do I have to write you a check for? Or do you want to know, can I make this affordable? Can I do something like payment plans so I can fit this into my monthly budget so I can afford to get this done? How much is this going to cost me? But what, what salespeople do is they go, oh, it's going to be $1,349 plus tax. But is that what the customer really asked me? Maybe, maybe they're going to write a check for it. In that case, that's what the customer asked. How much is this? What do I need to write the check for? There's your answer. But in a lot of cases, more often than not, the customer doesn't know, doesn't want to know how much does this cost in total. What they really want to know is, can we make this fit into it? Can, I, can you finance this? Can I pay you on this monthly or weekly or biweekly or whatever so I can actually get this done? And not just that, not just the money, how long are people going to be in my house fixing this problem? Is this going to be two days worth of work? Am I looking at a week worth of work? Am I going to have to move out of my house for a month? What is this really going to cost me? That's what they really want to know, man. It, it, it had nothing to do with the money. They got the money. It's not about the money. Right? So you really got to listen. 
find out what the actual problem is, the actual question, the actual concern, the actual comment, whatever it is. Find out what they're really trying to say and then deal with that accordingly. But don't sit back and think you already know because you don't. And you might. Let me put a little asterisk by that. They might be asking the exact question that you think they're going to ask and it might be the exact answer that you need to give them. But you're not going to know that until that answer or until that question is complete. So you listen in the meantime. You don't need to sit around and think, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with that? Forget about it. You'll get there. Be patient. And if you don't have the answer, don't be an asshole. If you don't have the answer, just say, I don't have the answer. Man, people will appreciate that way more than somebody giving them some bullshit. And then them finding out later, nope, that wasn't actually the answer. So listen, use the proper tone of voice, use the proper voice inflection, and use the proper body language, right? Al Capone said, you can get pretty far with just a kind word, but you can get a lot farther with a kind word and a gun. (laughs) I think that was Al Capone. It might have been Bugsy Calhoun. I don't know. It was one of those gangsters, right? from way back in the mafia days in the, you know, the Chicago and the New York, whatever. You know what I'm saying, right? Back in the Prohibition days when everything was illegal. So what did he mean by that, though? You can get pretty far with a kind word, but you can get a lot farther with a kind word and a gun, all right? I could get really far telling my customers what a great guy I am and how awesome my team is at fixing the problems and things like that. I can get really far with that. I can sell a lot of pest control. I can sell a lot of products, a lot of services just doing that, right? So what's my gun? My gun's my personality. That's the gun. That's where everything gets killed right there, personality. And I can't, I can't give that to you. That's all you. you. But how do you develop your personality? How do you do that? It's very simple. You get good at being you. You realize that you are human. You are going to make mistakes. That people around you are human. That those people, too, are going to make mistakes. You forgive and forget when it's necessary. Because people do make mistakes. Nobody is perfect. You are going to screw things up just as other people have and will screw things up. But if you're the person like me who will take ownership of that screw up, say, hey, I screwed that up, man. That's my bad. Then you will be successful. People will appreciate you. They will like you because they're going to say, dude, that guy didn't pass the buck to somebody else. He just took care of it. Even if it's not your fault, take the blame. Trust me. I didn't screw that up. Man, we really screwed that up. My bad. I should have done a better job at that. I'm going to take care of you. Man, just fess up. (laughs) Even if it's not you, fess up. So, a firm handshake, eye contact throughout the conversation, body language, don't cross your arms like you're pissed off about something and expect somebody to be, to be willing to open up to you. Open your body. Open yourself up. Be a human. 
and realize that other people are too. Don't be intimidated by other people because they are just people, just like you and me. I am no better or worse than you. You are no better or worse than me. I have a podcast. You don't. So fucking what? Does that mean you can't have a podcast? No, you could if you wanted to. Am I kicking ass at this thing? No. I'm making so many mistakes it's not even funny. Some of you are amateurs and don't know anything about podcasts and aren't even picking up on the mistakes. Some of you are probably, you know, criticizing me left and right about all the shit that I could be doing better. And you're right. There's a lot of things that I'm not doing right on this podcast. But guess what? It's authentic. It's real. It's me. It's no bullshit. It's not scripted. It's not, it's pre-recorded only because I can't do it live. I mean, I could, but I couldn't do it live while driving. So that's why I chose the podcast route. So communication. If you're a millennial, get good at it. Get very, very good at communicating face-to-face with people and over the phone with people. If you're talking to people on the phone, man, smile. They can hear it. Your tone of voice and your voice inflection are more important than anything else. I spent six years of my career on the phone. Closing sales, thousands and thousands of dollars in one transaction, getting a credit card number over the phone. So if I can sell thousands of dollars over the phone, you should be able to talk to your boss face-to-face about a problem that you're experiencing in the office or whatever. You know, I mean, put, put your scenario in there. When you have to make a phone call, use the same techniques we just talked about, especially with your tone of voice and your voice inflection. See how it changes. Have an upbeat sounding voice all day long and see how people treat you differently than when you have a down voice. Seriously, try this. Challenge yourself. Check this out. Every time you walk into a place today, whether it's a gas station, a restaurant, whatever, smile And use a tone of voice and voice inflection that makes you sound like you're extremely happy. Like, man, like maybe maybe you just found out that you hit the lottery and that you've got a half million dollars coming your way and you're just thinking about all the different things that you're going to spend it on. Right? Do that. And then tomorrow, do the exact opposite. Everywhere you go, take that smile off your face. Talk to people quietly. Or, you know, just sound aggravated or perturbed. You know, how to, you know how to sound that way. You can make your voice sound that way. And just see how people treat you differently. I guarantee you that you will see a major difference. And even if you go to the exact same places and see the exact same people, and you just have those exact opposite attitudes each time, you're going to see a major difference in how people treat you. So... That is about all I've got for you today on communication. I would love to hear your comments, your bitches, gripes, concerns, sudden bursts of wisdom. Please leave me some comments, uh, leave me a review, and go to Thumbtack. Leave a review there for me. I'm on Thumbtack, Jason Cremines, Cremines Enterprises. Go check it out. Leave me a review. Talk about this podcast. Um... I also would really appreciate it if you would, if you hear some things in this that you'd really like, uh, that you think maybe somebody could benefit from, I would really appreciate it 
if you would bring me one person, just one person, listen to this podcast. Uh, maybe if you like this podcast, you go back and listen to the other three. This is my fourth one ever, so I'm very new at this. We're going to grow together. You're going you're gonna to hear me get better at this um, through your reviews, through your comments. Uh, call in. Please, call in. You can call in and ask me questions. Maybe your question will be my next topic. You know, I would love to have you on the air with me. Um, follow me on social media. Let's start out with Instagram. That's my favorite one. Uh, I'm at the official Jason Cremines on Instagram. Please follow me on there and, and invite other people to follow me as well. This is a project that I'm doing. I want to get as many people involved as I can possibly get involved. I just want everybody to be a part of this. I think that we have a problem uh, this day and age with lack of communication, lack of really good skills that we could use to help us to get to the next level, whether that's in your own business or you are working for a company or you just want to get better at being a person, individual, you know, all together. Like you want to be a better father, a better husband, um, a better sibling, a better family member, a better worker, a better employee, a better manager, a better leader. I can help you with all of these things. Subscribe. Hit that favorite button, like me, follow me on Instagram at the official Jason Cremines. Follow me on Periscope at Jason Cremines. I'm at Cremines Jason on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook, Jason Cremines Rocks. So please, friend me, follow me, listen to what I have to say, share this podcast, share it with all your friends. Share it on social media. Tell people about it. Bring me, bring me one person. I would really appreciate that. Um, right now, we have uh, 11 listeners on this channel, and hopefully by the end of this month, we can make it. We can get up to 20. Maybe with your guys' help, I can get to 20 listeners. That would be awesome. Huge thing for me. So I really appreciate it. The more that we spread this around out there, then the more we can all get involved. Maybe one of these days, I'll actually have a studio, and we can do this then. Um, in the meantime, this is part two, stop number two of the communications podcast. Please subscribe, follow me, and share. In the meantime, be good to yourself and be good to others. Talk to you soon.